0: Hi everyone, Dr. Tim and Hillary for another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary?
1: I'm doing good. I'm really excited because we've got a big show coming up next week.
0: We have a big, big, big show and a a surprise at the show.
1: We have a surprise at the show? Yep. Oh boy. And I'm not telling. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to wait.
0: Won't be a surprise.
1: Okay. How so obviously I'll be at the show so I'll find out. But will we be able to live stream the surprise or take photos and share the surprise?
0: You can do both. You're the yes. social media person.
1: Perfect.
0: Yes. Yes, we can share the surprise. Awesome. And then you can try to speak to our uh, Australian distributor from down under, Arsh. He speaks English. Nobody understands him. <laughs> <laughs> But we will have lots of people there from uh, the UK, Italy, France, Australia, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Lots of introducing, lots of new products, the salt, the pumps, Dr. Tim's stuff, and the reptile system stuff, and the surprise.
1: Oh, man, there's a lot going on next week. I don't know if I'm ready for it. (laughs) Now, I've, I've speaking of shows, Tenley is in like just outside of Chicago this upcoming weekend. Are we going to be there as well?
0: Yes, we'll have okay. uh, John, our uh, VP of sales, uh, a, who lives in that area. And Dale, Lewis, who is in charge of uh, reptile systems from the UK. He's the reptile expert. He is flying in and he and John are going to be at the Pangea booth.
1: Oh.
0: Yep. So uh Pangea uh makes really good uh food. John's really cool and has lots of neat animals. I was posting some pictures of some of the animals when because they were at the uh uh N A R B C show in Dallas when I was there a couple of weeks ago. But Dale and uh, John will be in the Pangea booth all weekend and then flying out Sunday night or yeah, Monday morning to meet us all in Orlando to help wow. set up the booth. So
1: that's that's busy back-to-back shows.
0: Yes, and we have lots of shows coming up. We've got uh Aquashella coming up, we've got Riva Palooza, and uh yeah. Sheesh. And then I'll be back in Orlando the Thursday, Friday before REFA Palooza is the Raztech raz RAS recirculating aquaculture systems um workshop conference for two days. And I'm one of the featured speakers. So i put it on my aquaculture hydroponics, aquaponics hat for a couple of days, giving talk, and then uh over to uh the reef football is a show, so busy, busy, busy.
1: Dang. Okay, now I'm derailing us. We haven't even gotten to the main topic. There's we. A topic? <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about aquaponics and aquaculture and stuff. Are, are we allowed to talk about the new systems? No. Okay. Well, we probably shared about it. Yeah, but that's kind of a surprise. Okay. Okay. All right. I was, I I really like, I love aquaponics. I love the idea of it. I love how it works, especially if you are in tight spaces and stuff. So I'm always excited to talk about it. And I almost said, Hey, we should do a podcast. And I was like, Oh no, I think we have done a podcast on aquaponics.
0: Well, we will have some things to show and you can talk about it and uh, demo it soon. So how's that? So hold on for that. All right. To be able to to have it right in front of you and do one of your live streams, and you don't even have to freeze your hands, Uh, (laughs) get nuta breaks out of ice cold water, jelly something like that. Yeah.
1: I was out of the dock this weekend, and I'm telling you, the water is colder now than it was back in December. Like, oh, brr.
0: Yeah. All that snow melt. So.
1: Yep. Okay, All right.
0: <laughs> enough Gavin.
1: Wait, oh, wait, hold on. Oh,
0: nope, not enough Gavin.
1: No, no, we, we were talking about the upcoming shows, but we didn't talk about Reefstock. We just got back from Reefstock, right? Yeah, we and did. Like a yeah. Weekend, Week and a half ago. I thought it was a good show. It was
0: a good show. It was uh, uh, Saturday, it was crazy busy. Sunday wasn't uh, good.
1: Yeah, Sunday was good. It wasn't as busy, but it was still good.
0: Sunday's never as busy people have other things maybe to do and get the serious people but um no it was it was a good show and um
1: Uh, it was interesting it had a different a different sort of vibe like it still had all the same energy as the one last year i would say busier than last year but it was i don't know with jake adams being gone i think there was a bit of an emotional undercurrent there was a lot of people there to honor his legacy so it was kind of cool. Yep,
0: that was very nice. All right, shall we get going?
1: Yes, let's let's get going. We're going to talk about waste away gels today, so <laughs> let's get started.
0: I I came up with waste away gels, to, like many other products we've developed, to to solve a problem, and 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 it's it's an unintentional problem, meaning that people hobbyists set up their tank and they they read and talk to people and go onto the forums and and they develop what they want to put in their system, but nobody really talks about how all the mechanical, chemical, all the filtration devices, all the things you're going to add, how that affects the microbiology. And basically, the microbiology of your aquarium uh, drives the success or the frustration. And by that, I mean that you intentionally set up all these devices to keep the water clean with good intentions. The unintentional consequence is that in most cases, we're eliminating the bacteria that live in the water column. And that causes lots of problems. What problems? Your cyanobacteria, dinos, bryopsis, green hair algae, all those nuisance things are caused in great part by not having the, uh, the not only the right bacteria, not having any bacteria in the water column to compete with those substrate-dwelling organisms. So you've got the bacteria living in the water column, and then you've got mostly nuisance organisms. Nobody wants cyanobacteria or dinoflagellates or algae, and they grow on surfaces. And why do the nuisance organisms start to take over? and become so hard to get rid of is that people fail to appreciate that you need bacteria in the water column, and why aren't they there? And then secondly, you have to have a certain amount of nutrients in the water column. And, you know, everybody dwells on and by everybody, I mean all the the experts out there in, in the internet, dwell on get your phosphates low, get your nitrates low or zero. For a long time, it was, you know, the lower, the better, get them to absolute zero. Healy, would you say that, that people are getting a little wiser to that? I it...
1: think they are. I feel like I've seen more and more people post and they'll tell what their phosphates and nitrates are and it's not zero. I mean it's close but it's not zero and I think they're starting to realize that like zero is not really what you need.
0: Right. Cuz cuz what what will happen if your nitrate and phosphate are really can't say zero, we'll call it unmeasurable because The instrumentation, the test kits, you know, even the digital uh, meters and things that are available to the hobbyist aren't capable of reading to super low levels. Um, And there's some there, but basically we'll call it, you know, below measurable. zero. And zero is okay. You're not going to be able to grow the bacteria in the water column. The, they need a little phosphate and they need a little bit of nitrate. So if you're listening to this and you're having chronic dinobacteria, dinoflagellate problems, cyanobacteria problems, first thing to do is look at your water chemistry. If, and, and, you, and say you've had it for a long time and you've tried everything, all the magic recipes, you know, you can use some products that will kill it, but it comes back, and it comes back with a vengeance. You're just treating the symptom. You're not treating the real underlying cause. And the underlying cause is, is, can be two things in combination. One, you have super low or non-existent nitrate or phosphate or both. And that that combines with you have no bacteria in the water column. And when you have those two situations, you're pretty much going to grow dinoflagellates to a great great degree. And, and why can they grow in this? Well, dinoflagellates can get the phosphate and nitrate they want from organics. And they're also photosynthetic. So in our bacteria, the bacteria, the beneficial bacteria, I'm not talking about nitrifiers, I'm talking about heterotrophic bacteria in the water column, they're not photosynthetic. So they can't get any energy from uh, the lights, but you've got lights in your tank and nice, expensive, bright lights, and the dinoflagellates, they, they love it. And now they can basically... Mineralize the organics, particulate organics that are in the system, and get the light energy, or get the energy they need from the lights, and they don't have any competition. And you see this when you' know, easy way to know that you have dinoflagellates. And we've gotten some emails lately that people have got diatoms, and they send pictures, and it's dinoflagellates. So you wake up, you're looking at your tank, and Lights come on and the substrate looks pretty good. And then slowly the crud comes out of the substrate. It's just turning this brownish color. And the longer the lights are on and the day progresses, the worse and worse it gets. That's dinoflagellates because they are photosynthetic. So the tank parameters are such that the only thing that can grow are dinoflagellates and and as Hillary and I talk about we do more shows than ever i mean aquarium you know hobby shows 11 a year maybe something like that plus plus some other events so we talk a lot to hobbyists and it's pretty common in in greater than 85 90% of the cases that people that have dinoflagellates are going to have Zero phosphate, zero nitrate. One, one or the other or both. So first thing you got to do is work on getting that up. And just like any type of remodeling job, yes, your aquarium is going to look worse before it looks better. But that's just what you have to go through. There's just no way a- around that. And you're not going to solve this problem in a day. It's going to take several weeks to to do this. And what has to happen is you need to get the nitrates and phosphates up. Simplest way to do that, if you can, is, you know, you have fish, is to feed. Now, if, if you have fish, and you've been feeding, and you feel that you've been feeding, you know, a lot, and you still have zero nitrates and phosphates, then you got to take a look at the system and, and think about what, what's, what's my sink? What, what's removing that phosphate and nitrate? Do you have a ton of corals? Or for nitrate, do you have an anaerobic zone? Is there some place in the system where the oxygen levels dropped and you actually have denitrification going on? Or have you added systems, chemicals, media, something that's removing that nitrate. Because if you have fish and you're feeding a lot, you know the fish are producing ammonia. The ammonia is going to be um, nitrified into nitrate, so it should be there. And a, a lot of times what we find when talking to people is that there's they haven't really cleaned their substrate a lot. And if you have a thicker substrate, it can go anaerobic. And in that anaerobic zone, you can start.
1: Yes. When you say thicker substrate, can you, do you have a number? Like how many inches?
0: Uh, Two inches or more. Four inches is really bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm not a thick substrate person, you know, deep, deep substrate. Um, and I'm not talking about deep sand bed filter with the plenum. I'm just talking about your your regular coral, but that needs to be cleaned um, because it'll accumulate organics and then bacterial processes will start to consume oxygen in that area. And uh, it can be beneficial, but if it gets out of hand and goes anaerobic, then you have the nitrate being denitrified to atmosphere, you know, to dinitrogen. Um, have you, you know, has your tank been set up a while and you've got a lot of rock work and you haven't really cleaned under it? You didn't put a wave maker or something in to shoot that up and get the oxygen level. Um, people always say, "No, I keep everything clean," but the 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 biology and the chemistry is telling the story. There, if if you're feeding you're going to be producing nitrate. So where's it going? And you have to take a critical look at that. What's your how, What kind of levels of substrate do you like, Hillary?
1: Um, I would say probably two and a half to three inches. But I also like to have cleanup crew.
0: Yeah, cleanup crew.
1: So, yes, yeah, so I'm a big fan of the uh, fighting conch. I think it's really cool to like watch them go in and out of the sand and stuff yeah. like that. So you got
0: you got to have a cleanup, you know, you, yeah, you can do it that way. You clean up crew and crabs and things like that. Think about what's happening in nature. That, that substrate, that, uh, is alive. It's, it's not static. It's not barren. It's being turned over. So if you're going to do a thicker substrate, you definitely need to have a cleanup crew. Um, or, or some way to keep that turned over.
1: Yeah. As you're talking about it, I'm looking at the new tank that I'm setting up. I was like, man, maybe that, maybe that sand bed is a little bit too deep. <laughs> but I do plan on having a cleanup crew, and I do plan on having like sand sifting gobies and stuff like that that are going to be moving things around. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. If you're going to go with sand, then you, you know, then you're going to have to get gobies or you know something, or even the conger, just something that digs in there, it uh, yeah. turns that over.
1: The serious snails.
0: Yeah. So think, think about that. You need, like I'm talking about, you need bacteria in the water column, but you also need organisms in that substrate turning things over. And yes, you can keep it too clean, but that's, that's a whole nother issue. We're talking about, you know, trying to get your nitrates and phosphate levels up because if you're having cyanos and dino you can use our technique, which I'll talk about, because we are supposed to be talking about the gels. I've gone down.
1: Here. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, are we still going to talk about the gels today?
0: I haven't forgotten. I was just
1: <laughs> you got to set up
0: the story. That's it. Build the suspense. Why do we have these gels? um But it just seems that we get we call I got that a lot in Colorado for you know people coming up and uh, just uh, having problems. Um, so. You got to get the chemistry up. You can get the gels, um, which will solve part of the problem, but you got to get the, the phosphates and nitrates up. So now you've got that up, um, but you've got to get bacteria in the water column. And why aren't the bacteria there? And that's because the skimmer and now these uh, roller mat filters, the filter socks, the UV, all those devices remove bacteria from the water column. And you know, Sanjay did a nice study of this years ago, and it just shows this, the skimmer not only removes a large pop- portion of the bacterial population from the water column, it also removes certain bacteria preferentially. So you end up uh, the bacteria that are there are not very diverse. And so the whole idea behind the gel was to basically design a time-release, easy-to-use bacterial dosing system. And that's what the gels are. The, the gels are 100% natural material that is full of the waste-away bacteria. The waste-away bacteria... Can I interrupt
1: well, I, you real quick before we get too far? Sure. So you were talking about bacteria in the water column a second ago. Right. Usually tell like people saying that I've used the water from my old tank and it's okay. Now I've got bacteria in my new tank, even if they, like, they don't have the rocks, but the, the bacteria in the water is not enough.
0: No, because basically there's not that much bacteria in the water. So if you're, if you, and a lot of people are like, I'm using the water from my old tank, to get the nitrification because that water is full of nitrifiers and that's going to help me jumpstart my nitrification cycle. And that's not true at all. Uh, there's very few uh, nitrifiers living in the water column. They want to attach to something. And if you're running a skimmer and all these other devices, there's not that much bacteria in the water column to start with. So you're not really adding much in terms of bacteria to your tank by adding the water from an old tank to a new tank and i don't say don't do it but don't rely on that that's going to be enough to really get your tank going does that make okay. sense
1: yep that that answers my question
0: yeah but to, to most people are i think are assuming well i'm i'm going to Jumpstart the nitrify, you know, nitrification by using water from my old tank. In that case, what I tell people to do is definitely use your live rock, and you can rinse it. But the the bacteria, the nitrifiers, are on a substrate. They're not on, they're not in the water. So we're talking about the heterotroph. The way we grow waste away, waste away bacteria is eight strains that were limit that were isolated, not eliminated, isolated from aquariums that I had have. And then we purified those and they're, because they're heterotrophic bacteria, they can be cultured in big hemostats and we actually grow them up for about three days, use a high speed centrifuge to concentrate them and get the nutrients out and then we lay the the bacteria slurry on trays and they're freeze dried so they're actually a powder and that's why how we can put them they the heterotrophic bacteria when you stress them form spores just sporulation you know kind of a go into a capsule mode you know force fields up or something and they wait until conditions are better so those sporulated bacterial cells are then mixed with the material that makes the waste away gel and put into the waste away gel holders or cartridges and then sealed. And they can stay there for years and mean basically indefinitely. The oldest gels from the testing are probably pushing 10 years and we take them out and test them and they're, perfectly fine. They'll, they'll then sporulate, you know, I don't want to say hatch, but break out of the sporulation condition and then start dividing. And the whole idea was it's hard to convince people to change what they're doing, even if they see that they're having issues. So fine, you you want to run a skimmer, you want to have a roller mat, you want to do all these things, well here's a way with the waste away gels to continually add bacteria into the system and what those bacteria do is is they're released from the waste away gel there's nitrate and phosphate in the water and that stimulates the growth and division of the bacteria and they break down organics and they consume nitrates and phosphates and other types of compounds. But basically they're keeping, the, they're sequestering or, or using the nutrients so that the dinoflagellates and the cyanobacteria don't take over. So what you need is a certain amount of nutrients in the water column and a certain amount of bacteria. And the way to get that is for the waste-away gel, which comes in three different sizes. So first off, there's fresh water and marine. The marine version is fine. Whether you have a saltwater tank, a reef tank, a seahorse tank, as long as the water is salty, it's fine. And they come in a size 10-gallon, uh, 50-gallon, and 100-gallon. A small cartridge that's like an inch from left to right, about a half an inch deep, you know, front to back, and then anywhere from an inch and a half to three inches the six inches tall. And you take the gel, unwrap the shrink wrap, uh, put on the um, suction cup. And then put the gel somewhere in your system, the back of your tank, the sump, if you've got a small system in the tank itself. And once it's the gel materials hydrated, that starts to release the bacteria into the water and it will actually last 30 days. So then it'll fade the color, the green, fresh water, blue, salt water, marine will fade And after 30 days, it's out of bacteria. The cartridge is made from recycled plastic and is recyclable itself. The gel is 100% organic, so you can recycle that. Um, You don't have to throw it into a landfill or something like that. So it's very convenient and easy to use, and it doesn't require the user to change really what they're doing. maybe they should, but people
1: don't want to. <laughs> All right. I want to take a step back. So you talked about placing like where to place the cartridge. Is there anywhere these things should not be placed?
0: They should not be placed directly in the water stream. Um, you you want, this is a, a gentle process. If you place the gel holder right where the water is Beating on it like a hose spraying off, you know, your patio or something, that's just going to break the gel apart too fast. So, anywhere in the water system where what I call quiet flow, you know, water's moving, you'll be fine.
1: If you are using these, I highly, highly recommend that you take a photo of the gel when you first put it in the tank. So that you have a picture to compare it to, because sometimes the color change is a little bit tricky to see. But if you have that before photo, when you look at it, when it's spent up, it's very obvious that like it's time to replace it.
0: Yeah. And the other thing we get is if you've not, the first time you use the gel, you put it in the system. Chances are pretty high that you're going to get this bubbly organic mass On the gel, goo
1: (laughs) snot, (laughs) snot,
0: yeah, gel holder, and and that's a good sign. That is bacteria in from the gel, and they're basically forming a biofilm because there's so much nutrient in, in the water, and that is actually good food if you have a freshwater shrimp tank. You'll find the shrimp all over that because it's, it's rich in all sorts of food uh, for shrimp. But if you just can't stand the look of it, you can gently remove the gel from the water, take a paper towel, wipe the snot off the gel, and then put the gel back in the tank. Um, and it probably will repeat itself for a couple of times because it's just responding to the amount of nutri- nutrients in the water, but it's nothing to worry about. Uh, okay you, now
1: you,
0: oh if, if, if one thing if you shake it up a little bit that that snotty mass if you have a coral tank that's really good food for the corals it's just all bacteria it's what they eat
1: say that somebody has to do a medication treatment or something and they want to take the gel out can they like pull it out and like let it like put it in like a ziploc bag or something it, and then exactly. reuse it?
0: Yep. And you don't even have to put water. Just keep the gel from drying out. So it's not like you have to keep it underwater. Put it, take it out, wipe it off, put it in the Ziploc bag, maybe with a, just a few drops of water, but it doesn't have to be completely submerged. Zip it shut, do your treatment, and then you can put it back in. But that's one of the beauties of this is that you can uh, control the bacterial dosing because the other thing, we, we've got these in five, 10, 100-gallon sizes, but, um, you know, it, it all depends upon the nutrients. You know, Hillary's 50-gallon tank could have a lot less nutrients than my 50-gallon tank. And the bacteria will respond to that. And if you start seeing hazy water, and that's a little bit of a bacterial bloom going on, what you can do is just take the gel out. Wipe it down, put it in the plastic bag, and maybe in you know let let the the tank run for a couple of days, and, and the, it will clear. Why do you get hazy water? Well, the bacteria are releasing from the gel; they're multiplying with all the nutrients, and they're multiplying to a, such an extent that they're turning the water hazy. Now you have your skimmer and your roller mat that will that are working that will remove those bacteria. So you're changing the phosphates and nitrate and organics that are in the water into bacterial cells, which now the skimmer will remove. And that's the process is you're converting nutrients into bacteria cells that you then need to remove from the system. Okay. And it's, it's not because a lot of people confuse this with carbon dosing. Carbon dosing assumes that you have enough phosphate, nitrate, and bacteria, but you don't have enough organics. And so by adding organics, you're going to stimulate the growth of the bacteria that are already present in the water column. And by stimulating their growth, they'll remove more of the nitrate and phosphate. So you, you've got this puzzle. Say you need four things: organics, you know, carbon, phosphate, nitrate, and bacteria. The reality is, most tanks have plenty of carbon. I mean, the only way to really know is a total organic carbon analyzer. Um, but you're feeding. You've got organisms in there. I'm of of the four of those. I'm not sure. I I'd say chances are pretty high in almost all tanks. You've got enough organics.
1: Uh, Nitrate. Hold on. Yeah. So if <laughs> somebody just asked me this the other day, if they put this in before they need it, is it's not going to cause any harm, will it? Like well, if, if their tank is already cycled and they've got everything good to go, it's a, it's, it's a new tank, fully cycled, say it's like a month and a half in. Right. But, you know, I mean, if, if they've done things the way I'm envisioning, you know, maybe they don't have a ton of fish. They might only have one or two corals in there. So their nutrient load is very, very low. If they put one of these waste away gels in there, they may or may not need it
0: they may or may not need it. Um, you know, you might help reduce the ugly phase, but in, in the beginning, yeah, we say rec, you know, we recommend that with the gels that you start on about day 30 or something like that. Um, okay. Because I don't, don't know have... if it'll
1: reduce the ugly phase, I'll put them in there right away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it just kind of depends. Diatoms, you know, I don't have a solution for diatoms yet, but, um, if you add a bunch of organics into the system, you r- run the risk of getting an algae outbreak too, or cyanobacteria. So yeah. and what, what can happen if you add a bunch of or or substrate or live rock from an existing tank is that you can get a bacterial bloom not from adding the organics as so much. But by the phosphate, the phosphate is generally the one of the nutrients out of the nitrate, phosphate and organics. That's usually the limiting nutrient is phosphate. And when you add a substrate, you stirred it up, the phosphate gets bound into that substrate. It gets locked into uh, attaching to clay substances, it's a very sticky molecule. And it gets basically entrapped there. And now you go stir everything up, expose it to oxygen, and basically bacteria can break that organic material down, releasing that phosphate, which feeds the bacteria even more. And that bloom comes. A lot of people get cloudy water after cleaning their tank or stirring their substrate because of basically the release of phosphates, not the release of organics.
1: Ah, okay yeah uh
0: then so what i what i recommend is waiting a couple of weeks make sure your tank is cycled before adding the gels but with the carbon dosing i i get this question you know i i my cyanobacteria is out of control and the carbon dosing hasn't been helping well, why, why would it? Cyanobacteria live in polluted environments. They love organics. So, if you have a lot of cyanobacteria, carbon dosing is not really going to help. Why do people recommend it? Well, they're trying to stimulate the growth of the bacteria in the water column. But the cyanobacteria are bacteria too, hence the name cyanobacteria. They just live on surfaces and they belong to a certain group, but they want all those organics too. And if you've got this huge amount of cyanobacteria and a small amount or non-existent group of free swimming bacteria in the water and you're carbon dosing, who do you think is going to get most of that carbon that you put in there? The cyanobacteria you're just feeding the beast so to speak so it doesn't make any any sense to, to me to do that and and i do hear a lot of people have you know issues with that um and it's the same with dinoflagellates Dose carbon dosing to get rid of dinoflagellates you're just going to grow more dinoflagellates so that's not a good way to go no. uh Nobody wants that. No. So I'm not saying there's never a case where you need to add organics, but it's not the first place that I would look. First thing, nitrates and phosphates. Do you have both? Second thing is the bacteria. And generally that's the big issue is all these things we're using – are reducing the bacteria in the water column, and that's the whole idea behind the waste-away gels. They're very simple to use, very effective, and uh, will keep your tank clean and and just solve lots of headaches. And you don't really have to do much. You don't have to turn the skimmer off when you add it. If you're using a UV, you don't have to turn off the UV. We're basically uh, adding bacteria to counter. To counteract using all those the one thing because we had this early on don't put the 100 gallon stick or cartridge in a five gallon aquarium
1: oh yes
0: uh, so you can't overdose <laughs> yeah. um, but um anything i've missed on this hillary about talking with the waste away gels
1: Um, here's one. And I think we get this a lot with multiple products. If they accidentally get the freshwater version and they have a saltwater tank, is that a problem?
0: It's not a problem. The freshwater will not work as well in saltwater. Uh, brackish, you want to get the marine version and and the marine one, as we're finding out is, uh, the marine version has a lot greater salinity tolerance, tolerance. So that will work down into almost completely freshwater. So it's not a big deal. Don't don't freak out, um. And you know they're very convenient because, as you said, if you're going to treat or you want to do something, you can just remove the gel, wipe it down, and uh, then we then put it back in when you're when you're done with what you're doing. We also now we talked about marine and fresh water. But if you're listening and you have turtles, we have a gel for turtle tanks because they smell because they put out a lot oh. of poop and a lot of organics and that smells bacterial. So, oh, God.
1: Turtle yeah. tanks are some of the nastiest tanks I've yeah. ever cleaned. So
0: we have a, a, a you know one for turtle tanks. We have uh, one for shrimp tanks because, as I said, the bacteria biomass that grows is just great food for shrimp. And then also plants. And, and why is that? Because, and, and this is one of the processes we use, getting back to where we talked about aquaponics in the beginning, or hydroponics. Um, plants prefer nitrate. That's how they, you know, that's the for, that's the form of nitrogen that they want. What's happening in aquaponics or even a, just a fish aquarium is the fish are excreting Ammonia, which through nitrification then becomes nitrate, but you also have organics and the waste away bacteria break the organics or mineralize the organics into ammonia. So even if you don't, if you're having a plant system and you're, you know, just a nice plant tank and not many fish or no fish, that's would be hydroponic systems You can still use the gels because you're going to be producing organics. The fertilizers, the plant material, all has to be broken down. Minerals all recycle. And the bacteria and waste away break those organics into ammonia. And then you have the nitrifying bacteria that nitrify that ammonia into nitrate. The other thing the bacteria produce is carbon dioxide. They take that carbon that is in the system and are uh, in the organics and produce CO2. So they're producing the two things plants need, CO2 and nitrogen. So you know, in a, it works out really well. That was one thing that people observed quite uh, readily is that their plant growth was stimulated by the addition of the gels. And that makes perfect sense because the bacteria are what's, uh, what's needed to help get the nutrients that the plants need.
1: Yes. I'm so excited for this surprise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, any questions, anything I left out? I think we're
1: I covered, think we covered but- most of it. Yeah. But if you're listening to this and there's something that we didn't cover, send us a message. We'll throw it in. We have a Q and a podcast coming up. Um, we usually do one a month. So if I don't get it this month, send it anyway, we'll put it in for next month.
0: And uh, ways to it. There's nothing else like it on the market. That was it's a pretty cool product and uh, makes you know, everybody's busy and uh, it'll help keep your tank clean. We've got several fish stores that use the p- commercial version, a big one pound block in their recirculating display systems because it'll help keep the. It helps keep the front of the, well, all the inside of the glass clean because it's keeping that bacterial biofilm down and, and the stuff that grows on the front of the glass that's unsightly and the algae spots and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, you, you all know that I'm pretty much bacteria centric. That's just the way it is. But they do kind of rule what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, slipped that one out, didn't I? <laughs> Oh, fish man. tanks fish tanks are just a place for the bacteria to grow, and you are allowed to have some fish and uh, shrimp and coral in there to look at, <laughs> but it's really just bacteria factors so but i I think people are, yeah, I think people are coming to understand and appreciate uh what well, we're going on, when you keep your tank too clean, well, you're going to force it to grow dinos and sinos. And so there's a biological reason and a long-term fix, if you understand. And the waste-away gels are part of that because we, yes, we want our tanks to look clean and bright and the water clear. But in order to do that, we have to understand what the possible consequences of all that are. And the waste-away gels help counter those consequences. Yep. Oh, and then then finally so what do you uh do just remember that you have cyano <laughs> you have dino um what we recommend is clean it out physically as much as you can to get the numbers rebalanced and then use the waste away liquid you're going to have a lot more bacteria there but you got to be careful start out slow as we've always said get the tank cleaned up, get the system cleaned up, and then long, then you start with the gels long-term to maintain it. So clean it up with the waste-away liquid, maintain with the waste-away gels.
1: Kind of like a spring cleaning. Yep,
0: definitely. Yep. All right. We're do to try to get one more podcast in before next week. Definitely be tuning in. We'll be doing all sorts of live streams and questions and answers and talking with our guests from uh, our partners around the world. Uh, next week, Global uh, Pet Show in Orlando. It's not open to the public. Sorry, folks. Um, but it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Maybe we'll do some things during setup. So it'll be a fun week. And uh, Hillary will be on scene, document it all.
1: Oh, yes. I'm ready. I even got some new gear for it.
0: (laughs) All right. Great. So, all right, everyone. This has been Dr. Tim and Hillary for another session of Dr. Tim's Aquatics Podcast. Thanks for listening and check our calendar. I'll make sure it gets up there because we are going to be all over the place in the next several months.